You ready for the word? Amen. Amen. Matthew chapter 9 and verse 35. And we're going to look at the word. We pray, God, please bless your word as I speak your word, that I will not speak out of myself, but through the unction of your Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, reveal to us your heart. You are the chief teacher. You the teacher. Teach us your ways. Give us understanding. Give us, give us understanding. Give us revelation of your word this morning. It's my prayer in Jesus' name. And everybody said? Amen. Amen. Good to have you with us, all those joining by way of online. Good to have you guys with us. And uh, just make sure you connect and hear the word. And you're going to be blessed there where you are as well. Matthew 9.35 says, Jesus went to all the cities and the synagogues. And he, was, uh, he, he went to the cities and the villages, and he was teaching in the synagogue. Say with me, teaching. And then he went and uh, he was preaching the gospel of the kingdom. Say with me, preaching. And he was healing every sickness and every disease. Say with me, healing. Say with me, teaching, preaching, healing. So what did Jesus do? Preach, teach, heal. What did Jesus do? Preach, teach, heal. What did Jesus do? Preach, teach, heal. Was it teach, preach, heal? There you go. Teach, preach, heal. (laughs) And the order doesn't really matter, does it? Where did he do that? Where did he do the teaching? The synagogues? Where did he do the preaching and the healing? Among the people. Where did he do the preaching? He did the preaching among the people, right? Where did he do the healing? Among the people. So, it's not really about the Sunday service. It's about lifestyle. It's about living Jesus. It's about doing Jesus. So, it's not the Sunday service. It's what we do Monday to, through Sunday, Monday through Saturday. And then Sunday is an outflow of what we've done for the week. So, it's not, it's not the start it's, it's, the, it's the outflow of what God does in and through our lives where we come and we get re-energized on a Sunday and then we go out and we be Jesus Monday once again right through to, to Saturday. So if we go to verse 35, it says there, And then when Jesus saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion uh, for them because they were weary and scattered like sheep having no shepherd. Um, the New Living Translation says they're confused. They were confused and distressed. So weary and scattered. And they were not weary and scattered because they were poor, because they were sick. Um, but they were weary and scattered. Why? Because they were like sheep having no shepherd. So the issues were not the issues. Say with me, the issues are not the issues. So next time you and your wife fight and say, hey, the issues are not the issues. See, you've got to deal. What's the issue? The issue is the heart. The issue has to do with leadership. The issue has to do with the lack of shepherds. There were no shepherds. So the issue was not the issues. I want you to know today in our nation, the issues are not the issues. It's not the government, sorry to say. It's not the ANC, sorry to say. It's not the EFF, sorry to say. We get, the, we get the government we deserve. What we have leading our nation is an outflow of who we are.
change doesn't come from the top down. It comes from the bottom up where we create a culture and out of that we get leadership. Which means what? Each and every one of us are responsible. We are responsible for this nation. Where God has placed you, God has called you. So that's very sobering. The, the, the issue is not the multitudes. The issue is the lack of shepherds. That's what Jesus said in the next verse. What did he say in the next verse? He calls his disciples together. And then what does he say? The harvest truly is plentiful. But what's, what's few? The laborers are few. Many pastors, few laborers. Many elders, few laborers. Many Christians, few laborers. So what we are looking for is the laborers. He says, therefore pray for the Lord of harvest. What do we need to pray for? Laborers. Now obviously you can't pray for laborer if you're not a laborer yourself. Look, you can't pray for something you're not. Are you getting me? So when Jesus says, okay, we need to pray for the laboring, meaning what? We're laboring as too much work. I need more laborers. So, so, so you can't pray for laborers if you're not a laborer. So he's taking for granted that the disciples who he's speaking to, they are already shepherding, they're already taking responsibility. Now we need to pray that God give us more people to be able to do what we need to do. To do what? To affect the multitudes. To touch the multitudes. Well, where are the multitudes? They're not here this morning. It doesn't matter how big your church is. You can have 20,000 people on a Sunday morning um, compared to the 3 million that are in the mall and on the golf courses. Come on, somebody. Or that are sitting in their houses. So when we're talking about the multitudes, the multitudes are not in the house. Where are the multitudes? Multitudes are on the outside. But the Bible says Jesus saw the multitudes. And the problem we find is that we don't see. We don't see the multitudes. Because we're so consumed with ourselves and our own needs. We come to church and it's me and my and I need and I want. We consume. We can become so narcissistic. Our, our, our needs become our God. That's why the Bible says, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added. So you want your needs to be met. What are you going to do first? Seek first what? The kingdom of God. The God business. When we take care of God's business, God takes care of your business. But for that to happen, you've got to see the multitudes. But we don't see, we don't see the multitudes. We, we look at everybody as part of the machinery there to serve me. You go to the supermarket and everybody has to serve me. The person's at the... The cashier that's busy putting your stuff with a till and going beep, 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 beep. You're going there and she's standing there and we don't see them as a person. We see them as part of the machinery and God help if that machinery doesn't work properly. It's like, what, what, who, who, call the manager. I want to see the man. I want to see the manager right now. Why? We don't see people. You know, they even try help us Christians. They even put a name tag on. Have you seen? It says Mary. Because 
as Christians, we don't see them as people. We see them as part of the till. Are you hearing me? And there we got, we got Mary. So it's Mary. Hi, I'm Mary. But now what happens? That's got, and if, 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 if it's not done and timely and it's not right and it's, it's not according to what I want and it's my specifications, it's like call the manager, call the other manager, other manager. You know, I want to speak to the boss. I want to speak to the CEO. Who owns this place? Why? For our needs to be met. It's what I want and when I want. And restaurant comes and the food comes and the food is cold or the food's not there in time. Say, oh, where's the manager? I want to speak to the manager. I don't, I don't appreciate. And we teach people, that person that's serving you is a person. It's a people. What if it was your own daughter? So now we, now, now we come and we say, well, you know, my, my food was cold. All my food was wrong. And we get all worked up and say, take the food. Well, uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm paying. Yes? And who gave you money to pay? Where did you get your money? You think you're special because you can pay. Well, no, I'm not going to give you a tip. Seriously? That's how you would treat your daughter? No, I wouldn't treat my daughter that way. If my daughter was the server... And I was her father. And she's not serving the way she should. In other words, she brings my food and it's cold. And she brings it and it's not timely. And whatever. I take her aside and I say, honey. You're not going to make any money. If you do this and that and that. You understand. And I teach. And I educate. And I preach. And I help. Are you understanding? And then I don't withhold her tip from her. I still give my normal 20% tip, right? Because as a Christian, you never tip less than 20%. Can I get a big amen there? Because the world does 10%. We are saved, right? So we make an impact. Can I get a big amen there? That when you tip, they remember you. Uh, I'm helping you. It's somewhere in the Bible. Are you hearing me here today? You don't withhold the tip. You still tip and say, honey, you show grace. You don't punish. You want God to punish you. And then you wonder why you're in the mess. Think about all the time you didn't tip properly. That's why you're struggling in your marriage. That's why you're struggling in your family. Why? Because that's who you are. You're not a schizophrenic who you are there is who you are with your wife, with your husband, with your... That's who you are. That's your heart. We need Jesus. Can I get a big amen there? The Lord has to help us. How does this change? Not say, oh Lord, you know, help me. No, it's like, like make a decision and say, I'm going to see the multitudes. And say, Lord, help me to see people. Help me when I come that I, I treat people wherever I go. It's a lifestyle. That's why when we're talking about teaching, preaching, and healing, it is not what you say. It's a lifestyle. I'm a shepherd. Are you hearing me here today? We need to see the multitudes. Are you, get, are you getting me here today? Every single one of us are called to be a shepherd. If you're a mother, you're a shepherd. 
If you're a father, you're a shepherd. If you're a parent, you're a shepherd. Where you are working, you're a shepherd. Where God has placed you, God has called you. You're a shepherd. Where you are placed, God has called you to shepherd. Can I get a big amen there? We are all called to shepherd. We are all called to take responsibility. And where God has placed you, He has called you. We don't work at places because of the money we earn. Well, Pastor, I'm going to leave this. I'm going, I've got an offer. You know, I've got an offer. I'm leaving this job and I'm taking this job because it's an increase. Praise Jesus. No, Jesus got nothing to do with it. It's the devil that gave you the increase. Just because you get an increase in money doesn't mean it's God. You know how many people we've lost out of church that go take a job in another place? And it's not that they're getting a job. They get an extra thousand or ten thousand or whatever it is. And the devil doesn't mind giving an extra if they can get you out of the church. They move to another city. And you know what happens? They backslide. That's it. They're done. Where they, on, they were in a place on fire for Jesus. You don't make decisions based on money. Well, why are you working at this place? Well, boys, I, I do it for the money. Seriously? Slave? If you do anything for money, you're a slave. If you make decisions based on money, you're a slave. Now, I'm not saying don't be diligent with your, and don't be a good steward of your money. I'm not saying don't account and don't plan. But at the end of the day, the decision is not based on the finances. The decision is based on the calling that God has placed on your life. Why are you working at BP and not at Toto? Well, God placed me at BP because there's people's lives I need to touch. I've, God has placed me there. I am a shepherd. God has placed me there to make a difference in the lives of the people. That's why I'm there. I'm not there because I earn money more than that. Then money's your God. You can't serve God and mammon. So th- being a slave to money. No. Well, I can leave. So, Apostle Larry, I'm taking this job here. Why? Oh, because I've evangelized everybody. Everybody here knows Jesus. So now I can, I'm looking for a new place. And I've raised up a leader. Yeah, you know, I've got, I've got, I've got, uh, I've got uh, uh, Mpo, I've placed her there. And she is now, she can take and handle. Whoop. I'm looking for a new job. Are you hearing me? You see, it's got all to do with the kingdom. And here's the thing. You don't need to be the boss to be the shepherd. My mom, sure, God bless us all. I employ my mom. I pay her salary. But it doesn't seem to affect her. She still thinks she's my mom. You understand? I mean, I'm her employer. She doesn't get that. She's got absolutely no understanding how the world works. It's like, it's like you know, she still thinks, yeah. So she's still mom. She doesn't have to be the boss to be the mom. See, where God has placed you, you don't have to be the boss to be the influence. You don't have to be the boss to bring the life. You don't have the boss. You don't have to be the boss to shine. Are you hearing me here today? You've got to understand. That's what it means. Let's look at, let me explain that. John chapter, John chapter 21. Jesus is having breakfast with the disciples. 
So we see breakfast is spiritual. Can I get an amen there? It's critical. Put that on your fridge. And I don't know if they had fish. I'm sure they had meat for breakfast. Because Jesus, remember the, the prodigal son who went and got the fatted calf? It's scriptural to eat meat. Can I get an amen there? Okay, that's just Bert's theology. Uh, let's get back to the story because I can think some of you guys are already dreaming about the steak this afternoon. Hallelujah. Anyway, Jesus was having breakfast. After breakfast, him and Peter go for a walk. And he says to Peter, he says, Simon Barjona. Peter, Simon Barjona. He says, he, says, he says, do you love me? I mean, that you know... <laughs> Look, when we want to walk with Jesus, we always want it nice, right? Can you see walking with Jesus was not nice? Oh, Jesus. No, this is not. It's like, do you love me, Peter? So I think they dreaded walks with Jesus. Who knows what I'm talking about? He says, do you love me? Then Peter says he, says, he says to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Know how spiritual, how, how spiritual, this fake spiritual we can be. That's Peter. It's like, oh, Jesus, you know, you know that I love you. Look, Jesus, look, 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 look. I love you, Lord. And I lift my voice to worship you. Look, Jesus, I love you. We can. Yes, we can. Oh, Jesus, you know that I love you. Look, I, I give my tithes nearly every month. Except like, you know, January and February, you know, you know, Lord, it's tight, tight there, you know. Unless Pastor Larry phones me, you know, I, But Lord, other than that, you know, you know that I love you. See, we've got this, this reason why we say we love Jesus, or it's an emotion. You know, you feel you love Jesus. But once again, when he talks about loving Jesus, he says to him, ah, he said to him, what? Do what? Feed my lambs. Who feeds the lambs? The shepherds. It's not like... <laughs> it's like, then do it. It's an action. You're a verb. Teach, preach, heal is a verb. It's a doing word. It's a force. You're a force. He created you as a force. Be fruitful, multiply. Fill the earth. Subdue, have dominion. They're all verbs. You're a verb. You're a force. That's why he says, either you're for me or against me because you're a force. If you're not working for God, you're automatically working against God. Why? Because you are a force. He created you in the image and the likeness of God. Who you are, you're a force. You're a verb. Now the question is, are you for God or are you against God? Because, oh, don't, oh, 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 oh Pastor Larry, I don't preach. You preach. 
you preach all the time. If you talk, you preach. Now, you might not preach Jesus, but you're preaching. You teach. You might not be teaching about Jesus, but you teach. Your life preaches. Your marriage preaches. The way you handle your children preaches. The way you handle disappointment preaches. The way you handle conflict preaches. The way you handle offense preaches. The way you handle your husband preaches. The way you handle your wife preaches. So your life... Who are you preaching for? Do you love me, Peter? Yes, Lord. What does he say? Feed the lambs. What are the lambs? The lambs are baby sheep, right? The vulnerable, the weak, those that can't speak, the poor. That's why the number one thing Jesus says, he says, the spirit of the Lord is upon me and has anointed me to do what? To feel a goosebump and fall out under the anointing. Is that what it says? No. It's not about you feeling good about yourself and feeling you love Jesus and feeling accepted. Oh, I feel so loved. Seriously? You're going with that? That shallow? At the end of the day, when you say you love Jesus, it means a life changed and transformed in your lifestyle, in who you are. And that means you take care, you fight for the vulnerable, you preach the gospel to the poor. Say with me, poor. To the poor, say with me, poor. To the poor, say with me, poor. That's the start. The brokenhearted, the oppressed, the people that are struggling. We are responsible for... But I'm poor, Pastor. Yeah, I hear you. There's always somebody poorer than you. There's always somebody that needs... Never let your needs become your God. Can I get a big amen there? So he asks again for a second time. So he says, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me? Two. Two. He takes it for a second time. Jesus is very repetitive. Sometimes, Pastor Larry, I think we must take the same sermon and preach it for five weeks in a row. Exactly the same. Because we're a little bit slow. Who knows what I'm talking about? We, we, we get it, but we don't. He asked for a second time. Do you love me? And then, once again, super spiritual. Oh, yes, Lord. You know that I love you. Look at me. Look at how nice I am. So we come up with all these super spiritual Christians. I go to church at least twice a month. And when Pastor Larry asked me once to bring a wheelbarrow, I did. Hello. You see, we can be so spiritual and, and it should be a lifestyle, but we react to somebody that is a shepherd rather than being the shepherd yourself. In other words, fulfilling the, 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 the calling of a normal Christian. This is what it means to be Christian. It's a lifestyle. Let me rush. Thirdly, he asks again. Third time. Peter! Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me? And what is Peter? Peter was grieved. Now he's mad. He's grieved. You couldn't think, seriously, Jesus? You don't believe me? You're asking me for a third time. Yeah, why? Because you're fake. Hello? 
We come with this fake spirituality. We come here and we raise our hands and we lift up our hands. But it's fake, fake, fake. You leave these doors and nothing has changed. God must touch you. You need to feel good about yourself to go out and be your old self, narcissistic. I do what I want when I want and nothing changes in my life and it's all about me. Just to come back the next Sunday. No. He gets grieved. He gets grieved. Is anybody grieved while I'm preaching? (laughs) Then I know I'm preaching good. I know I'm preaching good when people are either, they love it or they're mad. There's no neutral with me, Pastor Larry. (laughs) You believe me. People either are mad or glad. There you go. Give the Lord a hand of praise. Or some are just sad. <laughs> some are just sad. But anyway, he says, Lord, now this is the key. See, yeah, the fake goes. Sometimes God has to speak to us a few times because we're slow. Now the fake goes. And he says, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. In other words, Lord, I'm transparent, I'm open, you know my rubbish, you know my issues, you know how I treat my wife, you know how I treat my husband, you understand? You know, you know all things. You see, when we get to that place of transparency and vulnerability before the Lord, are you hearing me here today? Yes, Lord, you know that I love you. What does he say? So the first of all, he says, feed the lambs. Then he says, tend the sheep. Tend means to govern, to rule, to administrate. So there's, there's the, it's, it's organized. Tend, you know, there's a, there's a structure taking place. And then it says there, feed my sheep. He says, Apostle Peter, if you love me, you will pastor. You'll pastor. Because that's basically every Christian is called to shepherd. Where God has placed you, God has called you. Every Christian is called to preach. This is not what I'm doing here this morning. This is not where I preach. My life preaches. My marriage preaches. The way I raise my kids preaches. The way I handle conflict preaches. What I do, the way I handle people, everything I do preaches. Are you, are you hearing me here today? And I teach in the same. Say with me, I am the message. Say, say again, I am the message. Say with me, and you're a teacher. Say with me, I am the lesson. You see, you're the, you the instruction. Well, I instruct. No. Paul says, although there are 10,000s of instructors among you, there's not many fathers. Seriously. We're so sick and tired of people telling you what to do. Who's, who's sick and tired of that? Seriously. And your kids. They're sick and tired of you telling them what to do, but you don't do it yourself. Amen? Your kids will do what you tell them to do while they're in front of you. And then they're going to do what you, what you do when they're not with you. Which is, if it's just what you want, what, if you just do what you want, guess what? What they're going to do? Just what they want. If they don't see you submitted, they're not going to be submitted. If you just do what you want, when you want, how you want, and you're not obedient to the word of God, you don't make a sacrifice in your lifestyle, your kids, they're not stupid, they can see you. They see our lives, our life preaches, how what we do preaches. Are, are you hearing me? How you handle conflict preaches. Every day in your life, how you treat your wife preaches. 
How you deal with offense. Come on, what does the Bible say? Don't let the sun go down on your, on your wrath. Let me close off. Have I, have I got time? Oh, okay. Second, oh, seconds. Oh, I can go till three. Thank you, Pastor Larry. Thank you. Well, let me back up, right? Uh, how do we start Hopper 2? Okay. You guys are right? Hopper 2? Perfect. So, feed my lambs. If you love Jesus, don't say you love Jesus, but you're not a shepherd. Because then your life is a lie. Don't come here in church and sing, I love you, Jesus. Before you start singing, I love you, Jesus, lie on the floor and say, Lord, please forgive me. This, this, this week I was a devil. I did what I want. I said what I want. Rather repent before the Lord. And say, Lord, please forgive me. Please help. That's why we come to church. See, that's transparent. Rather do that. And come say, Lord, help me this week to be a shepherd. Then you get up and sing, Lord, I, lo- I love you, Lord. You see, now you're experiencing the grace of God, the mercy of God. And then you say, okay, last week I missed it. Let's give it a go this week. You know, like every Monday, right? <laughs> Amen. So, feed my lands, tend my lands. Now, the Bible says in John 10, he speaks about the shepherd uh, that he lays down his life. And then, uh, sorry, in verse eight, uh, 10, verse 8. And then in verse, in verse, in verse 10, he says there that the, sh- the, 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 the thief does not come to, except to, steal, to, kill, and to, destroy. He says, I've come that they might have life and have it more abundantly. But what does the thief do? The thief does not come except to, to steal. What is a thief? A thief is a taker. What does a thief do? He's a taker. What is a thief? A taker. What is a thief? A taker. What is a thief? A taker. It's like now we're starting, it sounds like we can, we, the more we say it, we're going to say a thief is a Christian. Because every time we come to church and what do we do? See, when you're talking about the devil... The thief comes to take. So in your marriage, you become a taker. You know, I've got needs too, seriously. This is what I need. Marriage is not about your needs being met. Marriage, I thought, was about love. (laughs) I thought. (laughs) What's love? Giving. Not, I thought, not taking. Look, the problem is most marriages are partnerships. It's not marriages. Most people, really, seriously, most people that are married are not married. They're in partnership. So I scratch your back, you scratch my back. And whatever the, you know, whatever the, 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 the agreement was. Maybe the agreement when you started was you scratch my back twice, I scratch your back once, and it's written. You understand? But after a while, you say, no, what's this thing with twice and once? No, I don't want that thing. You know, I, I think once, once, you know, it's a give and a take. Marriage is a give and a take. It's a compromise. That's not in the Bible. 
That's only at the psychologist. Psychology can't save the marriage because it deals with the symptoms, doesn't deal with the heart. See, when we're talking about marriage, it's not a 50-50% partnership. Love is a 100% of unconditional love, unconditionally giving yourself to your spouse. Period. That's love. So loving one another, serving one another, that's marriage. Giving. So, are you a thief? Now, marriage is just one relationship. Now you've got your children, now you've got your colleagues, now you've got your, your business partners. Now everywhere you've got. See, what are you want? Do you have an agenda? Well, Pastor, I had a business meeting. Why? Oh, we, I, I, I'm going to make money. Then we get spiritual, like Peter. We, look, I'm trusting the Lord to make money. Sure, Pastor, that we can tithe. Seriously? Think God needs your tithe? Keep your tithe, please. Because it's not about money. We don't need your tithe. You don't have to tithe. Nobody has to tithe. If you don't have a heart for God, seriously. But when you get to the place and everything is surrendered unto God, you come and you meet a business partner. You don't have an agenda. So you're not a thief. Most business people are thieves. And then we pride and give accolades who's the best thief. Well, I've got businessman of the thief of the year. I mean, <laughs> seriously? You see, when you meet some person, it's not to do business. It's to affect their lives. The, the, the money transaction is a, it's a byproduct. And yes, do we need resources and money to live? For sure. But we're not slaves. Money doesn't control my life. Money should never control your life. And by that, I don't mean not being good stewards of what God has entrusted. Be a good steward of what you have, but it doesn't control you. Now when you do business with something, it's about winning them to Jesus, touching their lives, meeting their family, meeting their children, so that you can minister to them, touch their lives, getting into their homes like Jesus did. He didn't say, oh, Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus was a wealthy man. Guess what? Jesus didn't take up an offering. When he saw Zacchaeus, he said, Ah, Judas! (laughs) Offering time! No. Didn't do a business deal. He said, Zacchaeus, I'm coming to your house, coming to your home, and coming to meet your family, coming to meet your children. And when Jesus got there, he had an encounter with Jesus. His whole household would save. Household means children, grandchildren, husbands and wives of the children, everybody who works. That's your household. In my household, everybody served Jesus. In actual fact, in my household, all the people that work for us are cell leaders. You understand? They get saved and then everything I do. We empower people. Our gardeners empower. Some of uh, our gardeners are now empowered. They're now business people. I don't want to keep them as gardeners. I help them. I teach them. I raise them. I empower them. 
They're not working for me. So if they're working in my garden, they're there for a reason. I'm responsible. God has put John there to come work in my garden. The goal is not for him to do the garden and leave me to pay him for services. I'm there to lead him to Jesus, take responsibility for his development and his growth, and know what's going on in his home, take responsibility for his children, and help him to empower himself that he can raise up his family. That's my responsibility. Not a slave. Hello, somebody. Are you hearing me? I'm not a thief. I'm not a taker. I'm not having guys work for me and paying them as little because this is, this is seen as good business. Give as little as you can. Maximize profits. That's like, that's like trumpeted as awesome. What do you mean maximize profits? Steal as much as you can. Get as much as you can to put in as little as you can to get as much as you can. Okay. Put as little as you Put as little as you can to get as much as you can. And then we give prizes for that. Then we go, oh, oh, you can sit in the front of the church. No, you should be crying on the altar, repenting, coming before Jesus. And it sounds like I'm anti-business. I'm not. I'm pro-business because it empowers people. I'm pro-business. All I'm saying is it's a tool. It's not the ultimate. It's a tool that God uses you to make a difference. So the thief comes to steal. If you've got an agenda in anything that you do, you're a thief. If you're a taker in anything that you do, you're a thief. I'm a thief. So every day, Pastor Larry, we need Jesus. Every day I've got to make sure I'm not stealing from my wife. Thief comes to steal and to kill. You see, when somebody breaks into your house and they want to steal, what happens? They don't come to kill. They come to steal but they will kill too. See, when you've got an agenda, you're going to do what you need to do to get what you need to get. You will kill and destroy. You don't mind the consequences. Doesn't matter how it affects anybody. It doesn't matter how it affects the emotions. Doesn't matter how it affects. We will kill and destroy. We will hurt to get my agenda. And let me simplify that, taking it back to the marriage. That's my best frame of reference because I'm married. <laughs> and then you take it further. But if I'm offended with my wife and I felt she should have one, two, three, now I get offended. And I say, right, now what I'm going to do? I'm going to ignore my wife. I'm not going to speak to her. That, let that be a lesson. That's it. Finished. Not going to talk to her. I'm prepared to kill. Kill her spirit. Kill who she is. To get what I want. And whatever that is I want. Maybe I want 
her to be like this and be like that or whatever. I'm prepared to kill. Now we go to bed. What does the Bible say? Don't, don't let the sun go down on your, on your wrath. But we don't believe the Bible. What do we do? We go to bed and now you're sitting on your bed and you're thinking, you know, hurting and killing because you want to steal, because you want to take, because you want what you want. You want what you want and you're going to do what you need to do. So you're sitting there and now you're thinking, you're seething and you're bitter and then you're lying on the cushion and the devil's here on your shoulder and you and the devil talking, talking, talking all night. And you know the devil places pictures and thoughts. Now suddenly the situation is exaggerated because the devil uses your imagination because because now you're conversing, you and the devil are conversing. So the Holy Spirit's gone. It's you and the devil. Now you and the devil, now suddenly things are coming up and now you're thinking in, you know, in 1973, And then you wake up in the morning and by the time your husband or your wife wakes up, you start. And sure, you can go on for three hours. Why? Because you and the devil have been awake the whole night. Because remember, he runs, he runs the, the National Prosecutions Association. You understand? So, so he's in the MPA. Like he's the chief prosecutor, you understand? So he helps you set your case. So you and the devil, you, you are planning, you are working through it. The strategy is there, you're thinking there, and you are sleeping with the devil. That's why I teach our church, don't go to bed with the devil. And then you come and you give it to your wife, and they think, goodness, your wife gets such a fright, your husband gets such a fright, they think, where did this come from? Well, goodness, six, seven hours with the devil, it's amazing what you get. You see that the thief, what does the devil come to? Steal and to? Kill and to? Destroy. See, to get what I want, I'm willing to go in partnership with the devil. To destroy and to kill. Why? I've got an agenda. That's not a shepherd. Jesus says, I have come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. This whole piece in John is about being a shepherd or being a hireling. A hireling is when the wolf comes, you run away. Then you break up the partnership. No, this marriage is over. The partnership not working. You know what? I'm going to get another partner. This relationship is not working, I'm going to get another relationship. This business is not working, I'm going to fire you, I'm going to get somebody else. You see, when we work like that, but rather we are called to be shepherds. Amen. You getting the word today? I think that's enough. Hallelujah. Save me. Save me. I've had enough. Thank you. <laughs> Give the Lord a hand of praise. Hallelujah. So, we don't do this out of ourselves. Note that when I'm speaking here today, I'm not speaking from a place of having it together myself. You must know that. I'm not speaking down to you. I'm preaching to myself as much as I'm preaching to you. I'm a person. I'm flesh and blood. I sometimes lose it, sometimes get mad. But you see, because I'm functioning in purpose, I have to deal with my rubbish. 
See, when you don't have purpose, you can stay in your mess because it doesn't matter. You can stay offended, you can stay angry, you can stay bitter, you can have an offense from 2001. See, when, you, when you're not loving Jesus, you can be like that. So you're still offended. You're still talking about what used to. I mean, you've been divorced for, for 13 years and it's still an issue in your life. Why? You don't, you're not serving Jesus. You don't have purpose. You see, when you've got purpose, understand you're a shepherd. You don't have the luxury. See, I got to, when we, me and my wife, when we got issues, we have to sort it out. <laughs> you know, I don't have the luxury of, of, of being mad with her for an hour, or two hours, or three hours. And it's not that I don't want to. <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? It's not like, oh, no, did you said that in the car? You shoot, eek, they I'm not going to speak to you ever again in my life. Yeah. Oh, then I remember. Okay, I've got to do what I'm called to do. Yeah. Hey, babes. We've got to sort this stuff out. She lives in purpose. See, both of us take responsibility. Our life preachers, our, our kids are looking at us. How do we handle ourselves? How do we handle our lives? And it doesn't take so long. We don't have the luxury. Don't have the luxury of living a life of sin. It doesn't mean we don't struggle and we don't have to work through the things. But when you are a shepherd and you start seeing the multitudes and you say, Lord, I am called. Now, once again, when you go into work, you don't have the luxury of sending an email and CCing everybody and you're mad with someone and said, well, they treat. No, there's your testimony gone. One email, CC everybody, that's it, you're over, you're done. You can't do it. Shepherd, no more shepherd for you. You see, but when you function in purpose, now you're more calculated in everything that you do because you know people need Jesus. And you don't want to be the issue why they go to hell or why they don't come to Christ. Amen? So therefore, I want to encourage you, every head bowed, every eye closed. Maybe there's somebody here today, you've not yet given your life to Jesus. I want to start there. Calling yourself Christian doesn't mean you're Christian. Coming to church doesn't mean you're Christian. The Bible says unless a man is born again, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. What does it mean to be born again? Well, first of all, you're born of the seed of your parents, gives you the right to walk the earth. But born of God means the seed, God places it on the inside of you. He changes your nature. He changes your heart. See, out of yourself, you cannot change. You can modify your behavior to a certain degree, but you cannot change your heart. You cannot change your nature. But God can change you if you invite him into your life. Therefore, while every head is bowed and everybody watching us by way of streaming, if you want to give your life to Jesus today, I want to give you an opportunity. I'm going to count to three. And just there we are. I want you to quickly slip up your hand and put it down while no one's looking around. And I'm going to pray for you. Maybe you backslidden. I want to include you in this prayer. Maybe you backslidden. You're not serving the Lord the way you should. You say, Pastor Bert, I want to come back to Jesus. If that's you, I'm going to count to three. I want you to slip up your hand. One, two, three. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you. I want to pray with you. And those, if you raised your hands and uh, you're watching by streaming, I'm going to pray for you as well. I don't want anybody looking around. But just there we are. I want everybody to pray this prayer that no one's embarrassed. Say to me, Heavenly Father, I need you in my life. Please forgive my sin. Take out this old nature and fill me with your spirit. Everything that I am, I give to you. My whole life, I surrender unto you. I trust you. I trust your word. 
that says, if I receive you and believe, I have the right to be called the child of God. And as from now, I belong to you and nothing can snatch me out of your hands. I am your child. And Lord, I pray over each and every person that received you, every power of the devil broken of their life, every curse removed, as from now, they belong to you in Jesus' name. I wonder if you can stand to your feet. Everybody just stand to your feet. And just close your eyes and become aware of the presence of God. The Lord has spoken to you today. And the Lord loves you. Remember, none of us are perfect. None of us have got it together. But I want you to know, you have the capacity to make a difference. And maybe you've gone through some stuff. Maybe you've gone through a divorce. You've gone through retrenchment. You've gone through rejection. You've gone through hurt and pain. You know what? God can heal you if you prepare to let it go, to forgive people, and allow God to raise you up to be a shepherd. There's only healing with repentance. You've got to make the decision to trust the Lord. And just the way I just pray this prayer with me, said me, Heavenly Father, I trust you, Lord. I can't do this. I don't have the capacity. But your word says, I can do this. Therefore, I believe you, and I believe your word. You have called me to live an empowered life, a life of abundance. And you have called me to be a shepherd. Where you have placed me, you have called me. In the workplace, in my neighborhood, you have called me. And I pray, Lord, that you will help me and use me to be the difference. In Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Thank you. God bless you.